Welcome to the Sunday, November 5th edition of the PFF Forecast. We are live after the Cincinnati Bengals covered, and a very important cover for all of our bankrolls um, over the Bills. We've got a great show. Um, We're going to do a couple of things. We've got um, a banner that needs to be hung for Arthur Smith. We're going to talk about that. We're going to power rank the AFC because there's some very good teams in the AFC. We're going to talk about next steps for the Giants and the Cardinals. Are the Raiders going to be playing in a Super Bowl at home? And then, of course, we're going to guess the Week 10 lines. Let's rock. We have a question for, for the group, for the people out there that are joining us uh, late on a Sunday night, as we always do live after Sunday night football. What is a more impressive feat? Losing in Jeff Saturday's coaching debut um, or losing to a quarterback who was a backup for another team that decided to trade him away, who showed up three days before, who was learning the cadence on the sideline before going into the game, didn't know the names of any players, uh, that being Josh Dobbs and that coach being Arthur Smith. Brad, which one is more impressive? I'm actually going to go with the quarterback. I think with Saturday, we saw the, the the head coach firing bump that just took place in Las Vegas. You said, are they going to win a Super Bowl? Uh, based on their locker room, I think they just did win the Super Bowl uh, today, earlier today. So, but you know, I'm going to go with the quarterback because at least with Saturday, you probably say, okay, shrink the playbook down, keep it simple, run our bread and butter, and just like be, you know, motivated and energized. With Dobbs, he's literally going through their, their hard count with Garrett Bradbury on the sideline and getting feedback from like the left guard uh, or the right guard or whoever it was like it's insane and then he comes in and plays well like produces throws the ball well runs the ball well I think that is more um more of an embarrassing loss for Arthur Smith than it was for Josh McDaniels losing to Jeff Saturday yeah I would have to agree with you Brad I'd go with losing to Josh Dobbs at least with Saturday like the rest of the roster was pretty much intact like it really and you know the you just elevated your offensive assistant to call plays which I forget who it was at the time. I'm pretty sure he was with Reich. Press Taylor, Jaguars legend. Oh, yeah, Press, Press Taylor. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> was it? I don't know. Yeah, but whatever. So, but yeah, Jobs coming in, not knowing the playbook, doing the hard counts on the sideline. And also mention that, let's let's not forget, Christian Darisol was out, top five left tackle. Justin Jefferson was out, best receiver in the NFL. They lose KJ Osborne in the middle of the game, who's your basically wide receiver two and, you know, starting slot when Jefferson's healthy. Like, and then... um. I'm pretty sure one more offensive player got hurt in game. You have no run game to support you. At one point, it was like Cam Akers had six carries for two yards and Madison was seven carries for five yards. It was like one of the, it was everything was stacked against Josh Dobbs in this game on the road, still found a way to get it done. So I, yeah, I think you have to go with losing to Dobbs as the, as the more impressive feat. The, the more impressive feat is finding a way to continually piss off the fantasy community with Johnu Smith. Johnu Smith single-handedly putting the team on his back. Um, I would agree that losing to Josh Dobbs is more impressive because as much as a coach can make a difference, like the team is still this kind of the same team. And to come in and, and somehow lose to a, a QB that had no idea what he was doing, who, um, by the way, like Josh Dobbs, I thought played decently in, in Arizona. Um, 
and like is making himself a decent amount of money uh, <laughs> this year, which no one saw coming. But that is the state of the uh, quarterback play in the NFL. Let's let's go to the AFC though, because the the Ravens have now destroyed, demoralized, embarrassed uh, a couple of pretty decent teams, um, and have done so. Um, really without like Lamar Jackson having to be that dominant. Like they've, that's how much they've beaten these teams to a pulp. The, uh, the Bengals have kind of figured it out um, covering uh, tonight against the bills and the chiefs. I want to kind of talk about them a little bit because yes, they win in Germany with a big home crowd. They cover there, but I'm very interested in how you guys would power rank the, the AFC because there are a lot of very good teams. Um, and I think you can make a case for, for a few different ones. So let's start with you, Brad your AFC power rankings. Yep. So it is still Chiefs in one. There are obviously concerns, but that, that's gonna not going to change for now. Uh, get bet down from minus five and a half to plus one at FanDuel at kick and absolutely dominate the entire first half and then kind of coast, but whatever. So Chiefs first. I have Ravens second. I mean, two absolutely beatdowns of, I think, the fourth and fifth best team in the NFC conference, which obviously isn't saying a lot, but Ravens, Bengals are in third now. Um and then for me, it's the Jaguar. Or, yeah, Jaguars in fourth, and then probably Dolphins five. You could maybe argue Bills, but I'll go, yeah, Jags four, Dolphins five. Arch. When we did this a couple of weeks ago, um, having built, like, I think I had the Bills at five. I don't even have them in my top five anymore. So, yeah, I'd go Chiefs at one. Ravens at two, but like honestly, like I would I could flip Ravens and Chiefs, and I would not be mad at it just because I think Ravens are maybe a little bit more complete. And at least the Ravens offense, I feel like is firing on all cylinders. So yeah, Chiefs one, the Ravens two. I'd go Bengals three, uh, Dolphins four, mainly because like yeah, I think their offense has been pretty mediocre against good defenses, but their defense has actually like been playing much better now that Ramsey's here. It's shifted everyone down a bump. So Co, who's not you know cornerback two, where he's not cornerback one, now he's like he doesn't have to guard the best receivers in the game. So it helps everywhere else. That's just kind of the nature of weak link systems that that is the secondary unit. So yeah, I have Dolphins at four and then I go Jags at five. All right. I've been um, very uh, outspoken about people adjusting too quickly on Kansas City. You, you can tell very quickly if someone knows what they're doing when, you know, it's week three and they've got like Kansas City at number five in their power rankings. I won't call, I won't say any names, but like, that's how you know someone is not a serious person. Like they just don't know what the hell is going on. But I also want to be a little progressive here because I am, my takeaway from watching Kansas city, by the way, with a huge home field advantage and a completely healthy Patrick Mahomes, and not the flu at altitude anymore. Um, you know, and I know that the dolphins do have a very good defense. It's a good point. They've gotten some players back. That offense is not, together yet and so the defense yes is is carrying that team uh, this is a, a, a data point that really scares me Patrick Mahomes has had basically a 90 PFF grade throwing the ball 20 plus yards downfield in each of the past three seasons that includes with the crappy receivers that he had last year his grade throwing the ball 20 plus yards down the football field is 67 this year he has one touchdown and seven interceptions like you watch that game today and if the Dolphins had any semblance of an offense then, you know, the Chiefs are not – you're not scared about the big play. He has to, like, dink and dunk it down the field. His receivers are not very good. And when Travis Kelsey is in there, it's not a, a good situation. So I am actually going to put the Bengals in first. 
Um, this is partially being a little bit uh, different. I just think they're the most complete football team right now. Yeah. They have the quarterback that um, I think, you know, he's not quite Patrick Mahomes. No one is. But with the supporting cast around him, that offense together scares me more. And I think the defense is also incredibly uh, well put together. Luan Rumo does as good a job as anybody. So I'm going Bengals one. I'm going Kansas City two. I'm going Baltimore three. I still have Buffalo in four because Josh Allen is an alien. And when, if they ran with Josh Allen the whole game, they might have won that game today. And, and the Dolphins are in fifth because the Dolphins quite literally can't win a game against a good team on the road. Uh, it's impossible. <laughs> they can't do it. So those are my those are my five. Um, I, obviously, having the Bengals in one is a big difference. Um, I guess how close, my question to you guys, like how close are one and two? You guys have the Ravens in two. Uh, uh, I obviously have the, the Chiefs there. But how, how close is a team to the Chiefs in your guys' opinion? Top, top three for me is its own cluster. It's its own tier. And then I do think it's like, you know, I know we kept Buffalo out. I think those teams I mentioned, Miami, Jacksonville, Buffalo, are all in the next tier. So, yeah, it, it's pretty close. Like, since he... I'm trying also not to overreact. We are also tethering to a team to start the season that wasn't really them, and we know it wasn't really them. So even if their record was the same or similar, but they looked like this, um, but just maybe lost some one-score games or, or what have you, I think we'd all obviously agree. Yeah, the defense, uh, it, it's a good shout. Like, obviously, we trust you know the offense a whole lot. They're finally healthy now. The defense also looks like the defense we're used to seeing, um, which kind of gets forgotten at times um, these last couple of years. Yes, Joe Burrow's clutch and yada, yada. Or maybe he is, maybe he isn't, because the defense has been massive in all their playoff games and big games, and they look like it right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I would have the Ravens closest to the Chiefs. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put the Bengals in that tier just yet. I think one of the things that's always impressed me about the Ravens is like they know how to like finish games and like they know how to really like beat down a team. This was like in this game, the Bengals I feel like controlled the game, but they let the Bills kind of slip back in. Um, Ravens kind of just dominated the Seahawks. And I, I think for me, at least I I'm more, I'm, I'm still more confident in Lamar. I think he's, he should maybe be closer to the MVP favorite than he is right now. Um, I think he's sli a slightly better quarterback than Joe Burrow right now, even though I trust since he's weapons more. Um, and then, yeah, I think Mike McDonald's the best defensive play caller in the, in the NFL right now. So I, I would trust Baltimore's defense a little bit more as well. So just because of having a better quarterback, having a better defense, I would roll with the Ravens above Cincy. See, I think if I'm in a situation where I have to score, if I have one drive, I have to score. The Bengals with a healthy Joe Burrow scare me more than the Ravens and uh, the Chiefs. The reason for that, and it has not, like Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL with a bullet. His supporting cast is pathetic. I just, I don't, I can't underscore this enough. They are absolutely terrible. Um, I mean, Michael, they trade for Michael Hardman. Has Michael Hardman touched the ball and done something positive? Like every time he touches the ball, it's like an absolute meltdown, a total catastrophe. Um, and so, I, I do think by the end of the season, there's a really good chance that the Chiefs are are that team again because it doesn't take a lot and Mahomes is that freaking good but Mahomes can't like he literally can't do it himself in the sense that when these receivers just drop the ball and create no sep separation the receiver creating the most separation for Kansas City was Justin Watson Rasheed Rice yeah. everyone points to Rasheed Rice uh, Eric tweeted out he's like Rasheed Rice is good 
Rasheed Rice is good. He's like good as a third wide receiver and he plays about as much like as a fourth wide receiver. Like he's good. Then why isn't he playing? Why is he getting like eight targets a game? You know, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. So that, that's why I would put Cincinnati there. And I think the same sort of issues do show up for Baltimore in those close games where there's just a little bit less trust in an OBJ, Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews situation uh, than there is with Justin, uh, sorry, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. And by the way, those those tight ends played really well. So th- that's why I'm, I'm going with the Bengals right now. Obviously, they have a long road ahead to, to try and get into, you know, a place where they, they play a home playoff game because of what they started with. But um, that Ravens-Bengals game, is that in two weeks? That'll be a pretty pretty great game. I mean, you I, on that. So you, you have, it's in Baltimore, I think. I wouldn't make it a field goal. I think it would be like one and a half. I'd make it, I think I'd make it like a Ravens minus two and a half. Yeah. I'd go Ravens by two and a half as well. I think that, that home field uh, bump, I think you make it two, you make one and a half somewhere around there, whatever you think home field is. I think that's a legit home field um, and home field. What this year, it's like more like one and a half two so far right um i think is what it is okay um that's the afc power rankings let's go to the next thing up which is a couple of teams have some very interesting choices to make the giants um by virtue of a historic comeback against the arizona cardinals have two wins they also have tommy devito playing quarterback so they have a chance to get caleb williams they have a quarterback that is not a serious person playing quarterback um what do they do going forward is this Carson Wentz coming in to lead them to a two and 15 record what's going to happen here you know it's funny this is one where it's like the football decision isn't part of it I think from like a business running a a company standpoint you're sitting around saying like we need to sell seats and sell tickets and like convince our fans that we are a serious operation so I think they are going to do something and yes Tommy Vito did start cooking uh later on in that game after starting (laughs) off you know one of three with with two interceptions in 11 yards um but you have to you have to do something just just to be a a competent franchise i do love the idea of carson wentz simply because i love in the nfl when you get quarterback movement where it's a guy that used to be in your division that you therefore tore down and said stunk because you have like fan brain and then when he comes to your team you have to be like actually i was kind of you know all that was not Mm -hmm. he's actually really good if you dig into the weeds so i'm excited to see Giants fans kind of like talk about how Carson Wentz is actually underrated. That that would be the best part of that uh, that transaction, I think. Yeah, I mean, Wentz would probably be the best option if they're trying to win. If they're trying to stay competent, uh, they probably should go get a quarterback who can actually throw the ball and is familiar with Dable's system. The one that comes to mind, I think I brought this up a couple of weeks ago. Jake Fromm, Washington's practice squad, was Josh Allen's backup for a couple of years. Um, I mean, just just go get anyone else but Tommy DeVito. Like, it, it, you literally could not do worse than him. Fromm's been in the league for a couple of years now, even though he's just a career, probably just going to be a career backup, good film guy. I think he's probably better than DeVito at this point. And again, he has experience with Dable's offense and could probably operate actually throwing from inside of a pocket. Actually, I forgot. Sorry, I forgot. They signed Bears legend Matt Barkley, so that who obviously oh, knows yeah, yeah. knows Brian Dable's mm-hmm. system. He uh, he. He probably starts next week, I would imagine. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I think Barkley's probably better than Fromm He's, as well. So yeah, probably the best option they they could have could have had. You can't bring Carson Wentz in there. I mean, this this poor fan base. 
You cannot. You cannot. So first, off, let's think about where this fan base has been. Okay, this this fan base just a few short months ago was ready to watch Daniel Jones throwing touchdowns to Darren Waller in a in a playoff run with Saquon icing out the game, um, and it could not have gone more south. If you put Carson Wentz in there, there's nothing that Carson Wentz is going to do is going to you know to be worth the pain and suffering that it is going to take to, to bring him onto your team. I think they should roll with Tommy DeVito. Just, just for this, the sheer entertainment value, I think they should roll with Tommy DeVito um, and see, see how far they can get him. I mean, this has to be a, we're looking for how we can get a top two pick. And they need to lose out, right? Because they have two wins. So there are a couple teams. Uh, well, there's the, the Cardinals there in front of them, um, as well as the Panthers. Uh, Panthers don't have their first round pick. So that would, of course, go to uh, uh, Brad's Bears. So there are two teams that would be in front of them. So they need to really do a good job of, of being crappy um, and losing out. I think the question that I would ask Brad is, so uh, trading Daniel Jones, they have to trade him, cut him. Like, what does that look like? I can't imagine a team actually giving up an asset. for They can, they can trade him. You'll get something. Uh, well, not a lot. And you probably wouldn't. I guess wouldn't what? be in theory. But it's, dumb? Yeah, yeah. It's far more tradable than like a Kyler Murray deal. You know, obviously relevant, same draft class. We're going to get to him in a second here. It's super tradable. It was a two-year deal effectively when they gave it to him, but $82 million in cash through the first two years. That's obviously the lion's share of the guarantees. There are some guarantee. Well, actually, it's very relevant now. I think he's going to have 2025 guarantees that kick in when he can't pass a physical this offseason. Um, so, yeah, we kind of tie into a trade as well. Uh, it's kind of just came to, me, came to me right in the moment that that injury guarantee and uh, is relevant for sure. So, but yeah, like you could still draft one of those top three guys and trade him. And I think you would, yeah, you're getting a lot. No, you have no leverage, but I, Hey, we'll give you a solo third for Daniel Jones. All right, done. Like that's, it, I think it's a possibility. Arthur Smith, Arthur Smith's going to bring him in. And play yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you're joking, but like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> That would be absolutely incredible. Uh, okay, what about the Cardinals? So the Cardinals are in an interesting situation because they are um, actually, we talked about Tommy, Tommy DeVito, Danny DeVito's son. Um, Clayton named that tune actually played worse, <laughs> if that's possible. Um, I think he's going to break, uh, he might set a record for P lowest PFF grade. Um, it was in the 20s for pre-review. Pretty, pretty spectacular. So they're clearly not trying to win that game. They are they they hold the number one overall pick right now. They obviously have Kyler ready to come back and play. So that, you know the thought would be that he will would play this week. What should they do? What are their options with Kyler? Like if you guys are the GM of the of the Cardinals, what's your game plan? I think I'm higher on Kyler Murray than most, to be honest. Like I, I feel like he did well with with Kingsbury and he kind of elevated kind of a mediocre scheme. Um, but if, if they do end up with the number one overall pick, like, I don't think they should take a, well, yeah, I don't think they should take a quarterback. I would, and but you can't take a non quarterback at one. You like, you should, and should try your hardest to trade back, um, with how good the quarterback class is. Like you're going to get a haul. We saw last year, you know, some great prospects or, you know, some, in theory, some great prospects like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. And we got the Panthers trading a boatload of picks plus DJ Moore. Like you're going to get a lot. There are some generational prospects in this draft that are not quarterbacks. 
Um, and, you know, with this Cardinals team, they have their tackle set. So, like, you're not really looking at, like, an Olu Fashanu or Joe Alt, but you can get a Marvin jo- a Mar- a Marvin Harrison. You can get, uh, like, a Jared Verse from Florida State. Like, the, the Cardinals just need dudes. Like, they need, like, talent. And I think taking a non-quarterback will help fill that roster up. Plus, like, I, I really don't know what – Kyler's trade value would be like if he plays a half season after the ACL, which scares me a little bit, but you're definitely going to have a higher trade value for that number one overall pick given the type of talent that's available at the top of the draft. I just think it's different here than like Chicago last year, or other examples, because I think you already like the distribution of outcomes, even for a prospect as awesome as a Caleb Williams or a Drake may like, let's say, what would you say Kyler Murray? I guess I'll ask this to you guys. What is his, what we know of him as an NFL player. What percentile outcome is that for Cale Williams or Drake May in your mind? Such a good question. Man. I think it's trickier for May just because May's more of like an in-structure guy. He does have a great out-of-structure ability. I think a lot of people like to comp uh, Caleb to Kyler. So I think like Kyler would be... I actually don't know. Joe, do you have an answer? I think this is a phenomenal question, right? But Kyler was a number one overall pick. Uh, Caleb right. Williams was the number one overall pick. Um, people, you know, you, I thought you were going to say people have been comping Caleb Williams to Mahomes, uh, which they, of course, have. Yeah. Um, but there are, there's a lot of things that, that Caleb Williams has done that I think you say, oh, man, I'm not sure he's, um, you know, like guaranteed to be, to be awesome. I think – it depends on how you view Kyler Murray going forward. My view of Kyler Murray going forward is that he played really, really good football with um, a probably terrible offensive coordinator in, in Cliff Kingsbury. So I think that Kyler Murray is a top 10 quarterback in the league with top five upside, um, who is potentially someone that, that when he gets injured or nicked up becomes a bottom 10 quarterback in the league, right? Which is, which is a real situation. And I think so. So that's how I view him right now. I would say for for Caleb Williams, I would say that is a seventy fifth percentile outcome. I, that's where I was. I was going to say said between seventy and eighty was was kind of what I was thinking, and that was where I started thinking on this question of like I, I get that these are great prospects too. Where if it was last year or tw- obviously twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two, you know, with Pickett and Ritter, et cetera, like it, it wouldn't even be a conversation. I think you try to pull off to ties to a different Chicago Bears quarterback trade. And I, and we also are, I think, all in this podcast believers of, like, you should get as many picks as humanly possible and all that. But if you could pull off a Trubisky trade where you go from two down to three, and I think you're getting way, way more because obviously this this class is perceived in a much different light than it was in 2017. You're probably still getting an extra first to go down a spot yeah. because I think that's how good Drake May and Caleb Williams are. And mm-hmm. then you're getting – you know, Marvin Harrison Jr., who I think is going to be one of the more impactful non-quarterback prospects of since, what, like Jamar Chase probably? Like, it's, it's you know. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's, that, that's a great outcome. I was thinking they would just kind of win enough games to pick fifth or sixth, um, and you just get a great prospect. But I think that's where I would go because, yeah, I think Kyler Murray is already a top quartile or in that range outcome um, for what those guys could be. What, so let me ask, before I give my answer, let me ask you about – uh, Kyler's contract here. So as you would view it, Brad, like how big of a impediment is it? You know, we talk about the benefit of a rookie deal quarterback, and we've obviously seen many of those either go to the Super Bowl or, you know, in Patrick Mahomes case, win the Super Bowl. 
Um, so looking at Kyler's contract, like thinking about what it looks like in the next couple of years, how does that impact their ability to build that roster? I think the way it worked out that I like is that it's a much flatter deal than a lot of the deals, um, you know, that have come. He's the year before the 2020 class, you know, and it's terrible timing, right? I mean, he gets 46 mm-hmm. and now we have three guys in the 2020 class making more than 50 uh, million per year. That is, but it's, it's of course not just about that. Like the way the cash flows are, are, are structured, it's a pretty flat deal throughout his deal. There aren't any balloon payments in the later years, like there will be with Mahomes or was going to be with Mahomes, et cetera. So for that reason, you know, I feel like to a degree you could argue it's less so than other top quarterback contracts. Like I, I would, I would say it's not that big of a deal. They, they clean their books completely this year, save 20 million on D hop, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I don't think it's much of an impediment because I think he is going, I'm not gonna say he's gonna have surplus value on it, but I think he can play to its level. Like if he was the guy he was in 2021, He'd be playing at or above the level of his deal is what I would say. Okay. So I, I think here, here's what I would do. I would play Kyler starting next week. They play Atlanta. They then play in Houston, have a uh, game at home against the Rams. They play in Pittsburgh. They have a bye. They play at home to the Niners. They go to Chicago. They play in Philly and they close out the season at home against Seattle. I would play Kyler Murray in all of those games. I think with Kyler Murray playing in all those games, this team is still terrible. There's a legitimate shot. They'll maybe be favored in one of those games. A legitimate shot. They still get a top two pick. And that's how bad they are. Obviously, the Panthers are very terrible as well. But what you do there is you get yourself an opportunity to um, make a decision at the end of the season. I right now would lean towards if Kyler plays well enough to have some trade value, trading him, drafting Caleb Williams and and rebuilding. I think the reason for that is that with Kyler Murray, I would be worried about what would happen if he had to drop back and throw the football, if something were to happen to him. And he has gotten injured and that has deteriorated his play. I think that is my concern with him. If If he stays healthy, I agree with you, Arjun. I think people are probably a little low on him. But I think that would worry me. Um, and, you know, going back, this is the maxim that I would use. What On your deathbed, would you, um, would you regret, <laughs> right? And I think I would regret, you've already seen Kyler. I would regret the opportunity to have a Caleb Williams if he hits. Because here's the thing. The, the question is a good one. What, what percentile outcome is, you know, is Kyler Murray for Caleb Williams? It's his, you know, 75th, 80th percentile. But does Kyler Murray have a percentile that he couldn't, you know, that he hasn't hit yet. That is so good that it makes you a Super Bowl contender. And I don't know if that's the case. Um, whereas with Caleb Williams, that, that exists. And I think in this league, you play for the opportunity to have the guy that could be the best quarterback in the NFL. I don't know if Kyler has that. So I would play for that outcome, but I think you've got to play Kyler to see how good he is. If he can, if he can extend, you know, that, that range of outcomes and then to trade him to get something back to help uh, Caleb Williams. So that's that's what I would do um, going forward. Okay. Uh, it is time to guess some lines. Before we do, we're going to pay a few bills. Uh, prize picks. This podcast brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, especially if you're in a place where you cannot legally bet on sports. You can play fantasy sports with Prize Picks uh, and create your optimal lineup. We're about to talk about a bunch of games here, we're going to talk about a ton of players that you could target in this upcoming week. There's also basketball now, which um, Prize Picks has. 
And here's how it works. It's very, very simple. You choose between two and six players and you pick whether they're going to go over or under their projections. So something like LeBron James goes over his total number of points and Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, has more receptions. You could even do a combo between the two of them with like 10 and a half threes made and receptions. It's crazy. And it's also super easy. So you can combine uh, players across sports. It's a ton of fun. It's really easy to use. Go to prizepicks.com slash forecast. Use the code forecast for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash forecast. Use the promo code forecast for a first deposit match of up to $100. Also, uh, Gerber Life, they have brought you fabric, which means that as a parent, if you are one, um, you may have the opportunity to protect your family and still go bet egregious amounts of money on sports every single Sunday. And the way that you can do that is by getting yourself a good term life insurance policy from Fabric by Gerber Life. It is super, super simple. You go to meetfabric.com slash forecast. And in 10 minutes, you can have yourself an affordable term life insurance policy. That's right. 10 minutes, you're ready to go. Get back on the couch, watch some more football. M-E-E-T-Fabric, F-A-B-R-I-C.com slash forecast. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Insurance Company, not available. In certain states, prizes subject to underwriting and health questions. All right. It is time for week 10. We've made it. Here we go. Um, we have a particularly terrible, and when I say terrible, I mean terrible, set of, uh, what do you think I was going to say, Brad? Oh, the, the Thursday game. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the prime time games are a true delight, okay? We have yep. Carolina, Chicago on Thursday night. We have Indy, New England. We're going to have to wake up at 6.30 in the morning, Pacific time, to watch Indianapolis and New England and Germany. We have Jets Raiders on Sunday night. And on Monday, we have Denver Buffalo. So it is a true delight. Um, in week nine, in week nine, we managed to pull through with some nice uh, winning records here. Arjun went 5-0. and uh, Brad, did you go 4-3? and three? And I think I went 3-2. and two. Um, so we're going to try and build off this as a couple of, uh, of positive weeks going, I'll share my screen so everyone can see. Um, and we will get going with, uh, week number 10. So let me pull this up here so we can all see it. Uh, here we go. This is great podcasting. There we go. All right. So now you can see it. Um, I didn't fill Brad's and this is Brad. Uh, that's me at the top. And then there's Arjun. Brad's still in the lead 35 and 18. Um, but I'm coming. It's a long season. Season doesn't yeah. start until Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I actually right. went three. And four. I actually did have a losing week. Uh, it's oh, a teaser did. that's you counted as two. So I went three and four, not four and four. Oh, yeah, you hate to see that, Brad. That that yeah. means that Houston, Arjun and I are sneaking up. It was a big swing outcome too because I noticed that uh, I had the Texans as well, and you guys both teased the Bucks. So it was like a, not actually a swing, but kind of you know a swing Come game of sorts. You better protect that lead. All right, here we go. Uh, Carolina and Chicago. Brad. Yep, I had the Bears minus two and a half. I went Bears minus three. I went Bears by three as well. I couldn't believe it, but then I looked up at the television screen and Bryce Young had thrown another interception. Um, it is uh, three. It appears everywhere. Yeah, it's three. Uh, Brad, no respect for your Bears. 
Haven't had respect for him the last month. I've went gone three and one fading in the last month as well. But I'll, uh, I'm not going to do it this week. I'm going to. Uh, it should be a full field goal, probably. All right. Um, I, I'm guessing Arjun, you have no bet on this. I don't. No, I'm. I will be betting the Bears here. Uh, give me, give me any chance to fade Bryce Young out of field goal or less, and I'll be taking it. So easy bet for me. Oh, oh, hold on. You guys, wait. Did you guys remember? Last week when um, <laughs> I filled in the bet column with the W. Yes. <laughs> yeah. left it. it was a good omen. Oh, yeah. Should have just left it. He That's called right. a shot. That was five straight Babe Ruth just alive <laughs> on the pod. Is this, is this going to be Justin Fields, by the way? So, actually, that is part of my thinking here. I don't think so. I originally thought it was going to be – I mean, I told you guys I thought he was going to play this Saints game. Mm-hmm. Um, I now don't know. They – Ryan Poles said on like radio, I guess, or talking to beat reporters that he like could play. And you imagine if the GM says that it's probably for a reason. But then after the game, they asked DJ Moore about like, oh, you're gonna have and he's like, ah, it's a short, it's a short turnaround. I don't know. It seems kind of tough. And like he's thrown one time, I think. I think he was questionable and limited in one practice. So long answer short, I'm really not sure. And that is why I ended up making it two and a half because I think we might see one one last dance for our guy T Bag. T-Bag was a journey today. Um, Him and yes. Bryce combined for I think seven tur- or six turnovers today. Yeah, so it was a tough, it was a tough outing. We, we are going to talk about the Saints here at some point. They still play this week. The fact that that was a game in question with five turnovers is absolutely astounding. Um, in Circus Survivor, there were 350 or so brave souls that took the Saints and I was not one of them. And so I was a big teabag fan this week. And uh, my God in heaven. Just, just one time, buddy, please. Um, Colts and Patriots. This one is in Germany. Um, somehow this game will end up being way better than Dolphins Chiefs. Uh, just the way that the, the ball bounces. Brad, would you make it? Yeah, I'll, I'll Patriots plus two. I went Colts minus three. I have the Colts by a point and a half. Uh, and let's see here. It is uh, it is a point and a half. Uh, juiced a little bit. Call it one and a half, though. Um, I've got to imagine the total on this is, is quite low. Um, yeah. I, I really like teasing uh, the Patriots here out to seven and a half. Only yeah, I'm margin seeing, had the full field goal. Go ahead, go ahead. That's yeah, yeah no, I'm seeing 43 and a half for the total, so relatively low. Um, any of you guys betting it any way, shape, or form? <sighs> Do we have a update on Josh Downs? Because I know he left the game due to injury. It's a fair question. He's been consistently producing. I do not yeah. think so. Uh, that's a okay. good question. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I honestly, I still like the Colts here. I mean, I, I remember coming into the season, I was I was heavy fading the Colts, but I've bet on them a decent amount this year. And I I, I just really impressed with uh, Shane Steichen. And um, I don't think Gardner Minshew had to do too much today. Obviously, realistically, the Colts only put up uh, 13 offensive points on the Patriots. But I mean, Mac Jones, you know, I just I think it's so easy to fade him. I, I haven't been impressed with the, with the Patriots defense. Jack Jones and J.C. Jackson were kind of like out of it. They were like I think they were like benched or something and then they were sulking on the sidelines and then Jack Jones didn't stay for his press conference. It just seems like the world is falling apart for the for the 
Patriots. And I just think this is a very well-coached Colts team. So getting them under a field goal on a neutral field, um, I will take that. I, I guess the only thing that would worry me, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Belichick just has more experience with this kind of like long-distance travels. It's Steichen's first time doing it. Like how much do you think that, that matters or does it not matter at all? Uh, I think it matters a little bit. And here, here's the one of the reasons that I, I like this teaser leg. So um, I was very interested to see what the split would be like in terms of fans at the Kansas City game. Mm. Um, and uh, it was about 10 to 1. Um, our, our Two of our colleagues were there at the game, Timo um, and then uh, Mike Spitz, um, one of our great engineers. They were out there at the game. And they, they were like, oh, my God, it's like, you know, it is as we thought we were at a Chiefs home game. Um, and so the Patriots, given the similar kind of uh, fandom that the Chiefs have and the fact that here the Colts are in an even bigger challenge, like Dolphins fans exist. Colts fans don't exist. So I would expect this to be a Patriots home game. Um, I think that will help them considerably. I do think that, um, you know, both these teams kind of stink. So in that situation, at, you know, with, with home uh, kind of game there. And, and I think that Belichick, Belichick is a good matchup um, or a bad matchup, I should say, for Gardner. Like, I think he will take advantage yeah. of some of Gardner's weaknesses here. No, yeah, I can see it on both sides. I, the, 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 the crowd thing did scare me because I assume also just for an international game, like if you're a fan that wants to go to an NFL game, like, oh, the Patriots, and you probably mm -hmm. bought tickets before the season, so maybe you thought they were going to be like decent and figure it out. So I think it's going to be a massive, massive advantage in their favor. I just wanted to say real quick before we move on, you mentioned how Jack Jones and J.C. Jackson were out of it. You saw the tweet where Jack, jo Jack Jones liked the tweet. Maybe it was an accident, but needs to be mentioned uh a guy tweeted at him yo jack joe at jack jones account you really should have just pled guilty at this point because i guess he, had <laughs> and he liked it. <laughs> and you liked that tweet like it was like <laughs> yeah so anyway oh man um cleveland baltimore good one this one in baltimore brad would you make this i had uh, ravens minus four and a half same I have the uh, Ravens by five. Uh, and let's see. What is it here? Looks like FanDuel and DraftKings at five and a half. Um, both of you guys uh, on the Cleveland side, both of you guys put the Ravens at number two in your power rankings, and yet we're short on the spread. Um, interested to see what you guys do with this. I'm not taking Cleveland. I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I. What was your guys' assessment of Deshaun Watson today? Because there were a lot of good um, images from today. Jim Irsay holding on to Shane Steichen's fingers, like it was literally keeping him from falling off the Titanic, it was phenomenal. Max Crosby and the Raiders smoking cigars after beating Dominic Danny DeVito. Phenomenal. But underrated is Deshaun Watson throwing a strike at a like linebacker's helmet. The ball getting tipped in the air. Amari Cooper catching a touchdown. And Deshaun Watson pointing up to God and celebrating as if he had made an incredible play to lead the, uh, the Browns to a touchdown. I am not on. Uh, I am not feeling good if I am the Browns based on what I saw from Deshaun Watson. But he did kind of pick it up a little bit towards the end. 
So I could see how that might cause some, um, you know, some confidence in what they can do. But I'm still yeah. out on. He did play better. It, it was pretty funny. Like you, see, I mean, it was a celebrated turnover with the play, which like is just kind of mm-hmm. funny to us to see in like a vacuum. But anyway, he did play a little better. I don't know. I'm not taking the Browns. I guess I don't. I don't love the Ravens as much as I thought, but I'm not. I'm not taking them either. The Cleveland defense very good. Um, yeah. yeah. I I mean, Argent's guy Mike McDonald versus Deshaun Watson is going to be a, a special one. What is the total on this game? 39 and a half, I think. All right. Welcome to the NFL in 2023. Houston and Cincy. This one is in Cincinnati, Brad. Bengals by five and a half. I initially had that. No, I initially had Bengals minus six. And then after seeing them tonight, I made it a full touchdown. So I have Bengals minus seven. Whoa. Whoa. Um, I have five and a half. Um, I thought both teams played well today. Uh, I think Arjun's going to be right here. Yeah, yeah. He's, I, I, he's way right. <laughs> it's eight. Holy buckets. Uh, did we miss Did we miss like a Texans injury or something? I don't want to like uh, presume, but that's – I know the Bengals play well tonight, but. Bengals played well tonight. Jamar Chase got a little banged up. Um, I mean – Let's be okay. So CJ Stroud played really well at home against a I don't want to say bad, but like Todd Bowles defense, it's not it's not Lou Amaruno's defense. Yeah. And especially at home, I, I think it is a, a starkly different world here. Um but uh but yeah, I will take the Texans getting getting eight. I think that um I'm a little concerned about Jamar Chase. He got like that. I think he's going to be a little sore. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, obviously CJ Stroud played great today. 470 and five and he's laying eight points or he's getting eight points. I mean, like, yeah, since he played great, we talked him up a ton. They are a top, I think for me, three team, in the conference, but um, yeah, Jamar Chase, you know, is a good point as well, but yeah, I mean, a lot of points. It's a lot of points. Yeah, I'm just I'm gonna tease the Bengals here. I mean, I I, I don't really I don't really think they'll drop this game. They're playing very well right now, and then big lose blender just filled with elite quarterbacks. And after at this point, I mean, CJ Stroud's probably a top ten quarterback already. If if we want to overreact, maybe that's a discussion for next week. Um, but yeah, I think I'll just tease the Bengals down to minus two. So we we were talking about this in, in the chat. Um, and I asked, I said, you know, who does CJ Stroud remind you guys of? And I was hoping that I was going to catch you guys uh, with a with a good one. And of course, Arjun came in and was like Joe Burrow. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Like that was exactly when I was watching CJ Stroud today. A lot of his throws um, were so impressive in the way that he kind of diagnosed from within the pocket where to get the ball to. And then the way that he threw it, I think you see this actually like Josh Allen sometimes forgets like how he should throw a football and he just like throws an absolute laser when he shouldn't. But Joe Burrow always makes the right kind of throw. And that was what I noticed with CJ Stroud that just kind of throwing it all over the yard. Um, I think he's got, you know, to your point, Arjun, a little bit of a stronger arm. His mobility isn't like amazing, but it's definitely there. It's not, you know, it, it is a part of his game. Um, I'm not saying that he's as good as Joe Burrow by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I think he does have that 
that similar type of game. Um, and I think that's the type of player, you know, he's, he seems to be pretty calm. Um, and in this kind of situation against Cincinnati, I think that bodes well, because even if Cincinnati gets out to a big lead, I think CJ Stroud's the type of guy that can get the, um, the backdoor cover. So anyways, with that said, since he'll win by 30, uh, San Francisco and Jacksonville, this one is in Florida. I went pick them. I went Niners minus one and a half. I have the Niners by two and a half. I have not given up on them yet. Uh, let's see. It is. Where the hell is this game? I'm seeing two and a half just towards the Niners, three and a couple spots. There it is. Yeah, DraftKings FanDuel at two and a half, and it's, it is juiced a little bit towards three. Uh, we will call it two and a half. Uh, it'll you be able to get a three tomorrow, probably. Um, teaser, teaser zone, Brad. Yep, teaser leg for me. What about you, Arjun? Uh, I get nervous because, like, I feel like, well, the Niners are going to probably be healthy for this game, get Debo back, get Trent back. They are capable of just blowing out teams. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't feel comfortable kind of fading the Niners off a of bye, even if it's just a teaser leg. So I'm just going to stay away. Yeah. What if I just simplify the entire thing down to like, you can get Trevor Lawrence versus Brock Purdy plus eight and a half at <laughs> home. He's also off a of bye. Like just, that's the full, yeah. like, ignore the everything else in your brain. I, that, that, that's just me. But anyway, the Jags forget how to play football Yeah, it's true. more often than, than any other good team in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's that's a good point. And, and coming off of a buy at home, like the perfect spot for them to lay an egg. Uh, and the Niners, I mean, a Kyle Shanahan coach team coming off of three straight losses, their bye week. There's a story about Antonio Pierce making his team run gassers at halftime. Great story, by the way, as a high school coach. Like that's kind of got to be what San Francisco's, you know, off week was like. Um, so, yeah, I'm staying away from this one as well. Um, I think there's a ton of variance in how this game could end up. Mm -hmm. New Orleans, Minnesota. Uh, the Josh Dobbs-led Minnesota Vikings hosting the New Orleans Saints, Brad. I had the Vikings plus two and a half. I had the Vikings plus three. Um, I showed no regard for human life. I have the Minnesota Vikings... Um, Getting a point and a half. And let's see here. It is two and a half. Uh, basically across the board. Um, I This will be a teaser leg for me. Um, the New Orleans Saints aren't beating anybody <laughs> by more than three points, uh, except for Tyson Badgen. And it took a classic Tyson Badgen performance. I mean, that, that was a close, that was a close game. And they obviously didn't end up covering the game closer than the score even appeared. They, I mean, they lost turnover margin five, nothing and missed a 40 yard field goal. And the saints had to bleed out the clock at the end of the game. Like, Special. and I also was wrong. Actually, there were seven total turnovers because Badgen also fumbled, I think. But anyway, uh, for Thursday's match, get excited, get excited. But yeah, I'm teasing it as well uh, because yeah, like Dobbs will be a mess. It'll be some funkiness, but he just finds a way, and they'll lose by a field goal if they do lose this game. 
Uh, do we think Justin Jefferson comes back? No. Is it his first week he's eligible? Yeah. I genuinely think the win today like swings it more in my positivity that the answer is yes. I think the win mattered a lot. I think he comes back. I, I don't think the first week he's eligible, there's a – I would say maybe it's a 50-50 chance. You you cannot get overexcited by a win and and risk him re-injuring that. So even if he comes back, I'd like I think you've got to see him go through a couple weeks of practice and be like, okay, he's good to go. Um, so it, he doesn't re-injure it. Can you imagine having him re-injure it because you have faith in Josh Dobbs? Bless his soul. Um, all right. Uh, you teasing this, Arjun, or no? No, I'm, I think I'm just going to lay off this game. Green Bay and Pittsburgh. Uh, by the way, I, I managed not to watch any of the Brett Rippon Jordan Love debacle today. Me so neither. I have no fresh opinions other than both suck. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so if anyone's out, I'm excited to hear about it. <laughs> It was just it was disgusting that game. Yeah, they were I mean Jordan Love missed like half dozen throws uh that could have been explosives, could have been 34 yard plays like Are you just recapping I mean, a random not- Packers game, Brad? I, I see nothing unique about this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That this yeah. I mean we the, the thing is, we have another privileged matchup uh for Packers at Steelers. I saw a tweet that uh our guy CJ Stroud now has more touchdown passes than Kenny Pickett for their careers. Mm. So but how many comeback wins does he have, Brad? Yeah. Say it again? How many comeback wins does he have? That's a good question. That, that, he blows them out. Well, I guess he had one. Yeah. Hey, he got one today. That I can tell you. Um, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so anyway. What, like seven behind Kenny Pickett? Yeah, no right, one, right. No one does a better job of getting TJ Watt to have a strip sack fumble return touchdown in the fourth quarter than Kenny Pickett does, okay? Nobody better. Um. What did yeah. You anyway, all of that, the truth with all that being uh, how it is, I still the Steelers like four and a half against Jordan <laughs> Love's Packers. <laughs> I I just made it a field goal. I couldn't get past that. Yeah, I made it as three. And if anyone had a take either side of three, I was going to let them have it and enjoy it. Uh, it is three, three across wow. the board. All right, your boy Kenny Pickett. Brad, you rolling with him? Boy, can he pick it? I mean, he is the better quarterback in this matchup. I'm standing by that assessment. So, look, what we knew about Will Levis, well, I guess this, this is pretty mean to Jordan Love reality. Like, Levis on a short week after his first start had the exact same spread as Jordan Love does in his, you know, fourth NFL season. I, I guess that, you know, hasn't played many games. Uh, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll take the Steelers. Why not? I kind of like it. You know, I, this – the the um are we irrationally in love with the Steelers yet meter in the media has not gotten high enough yet. Okay. There are still there are doubters out there because they're looking at real data and, and statistics and seeing that Kenny Pickett actually isn't very good. So we're gonna we still have a few rungs to go, okay, for the Steelers to reach the media buying in um at a at a requisite rate. Um, at which point I will then be able to fade them appropriately. But I think I like where your head's at, Brad. Yeah, I still- I that comes the next two weeks, as this commentary yeah. just shared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this just like I want to. I'm going to join Brad on this one just because it feels like a classic game. The Steelers are going to win against a bad quarterback. Like 
I don't have too much faith in the Steelers offense and, you know, the Packers defense is kind of just average at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, why not? What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> uh, Jordan, I mean, Jordan love um, it's interesting, right? From a clean pocket, I think, you know, you have some faith in, in the floor um, in what will certainly not be a very clean pocket, given the, the advantage on the edge with, um, the, the Steelers pass rush. Um, I, I would not have a ton of faith um, in Jordan Love. So I, I like where you guys are at. Tennessee well, and – go ahead. One actual thought too is like we haven't seen Pickens and Deontay. Now they're both healthy, have a good game together yet. And this Packers secondary, they lost another safety. I think Rudy Ford was ruled out for this game. Like outside of Jair Alexander – like now that they traded Rasul Douglas, mm-hmm. like it's just it's just dudes. Like yeah. So I think you're gonna see Deontay and and uh, Pickens is, finally have a good game together. Yeah, is Pickens still on the team? Yeah, uh, he would, li- would like to be freed after a win and, and a five and three record. He t- you know had the Instagram post free me or whatever, but he's gonna bounce back. He's gonna bounce back. He could have if he could have dragged his second foot in from about six feet toward from the sideline, he, he would have been all smiles. But anyway, I mean that was that was pretty rough. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, uh, just to, to my point, Jordan Love has been butt cheeks under pressure, as as are all quarterbacks, but he is a particularly large spread between the two. Um, all right, Tennessee, Will Levis and Baker Mayfield. This one is in Tampa Bay. I had Bucks minus two and a half. I had Bucks minus two. I went Bucks by two and a half, and it is oh, we're a little long, I guess. Um, one and a half, one, call it one and a half, I guess. Um, Brad, you got anything on this? I mean, Levis is the better quarterback in this matchup. Um, so I'm like trying to sit here and talk myself into teasing, uh, teasing them. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to get there, but I want to, but yeah, I'll pass. I'll wait to see a couple more weeks of Levis, but I do want to tease this. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tease it. Um, I guess like, yeah, because I mean, first of all, the total is like 38 and a half. I guess the main thing with this is like, yeah, you, the way you have to beat the Bucks defense is throwing the ball. Like, obviously, we saw that today. Bucks are se- second in rush EPA allowed, and they're 25th in passing EPA allowed. Pretty similar to the Titans, actually, who ranked 26th in, in dropback EPA allowed, and they are well, they're actually 22nd in rush EPA. So. You know, the Bucs, they're, they're patented first and 10 run up the middle. Might actually work in this game because the Titans run defense has been pretty bad. Um, but, yeah, I think – I don't know if I'd necessarily say Levis is better than Baker right now. But, um, yeah, I do think they can they can cover seven and a half. Yeah, I'm going to get on board with that, actually. Um, I thought Levis – I mean, that last drive, he had like four turnover-worthy plays because <laughs> um, he was trying to trying to figure yeah. something out. Um, but that's a t- that was a very tough spot. Like, we can talk all the shit we want about Kenny Pickett, and it's all justified. But the Pittsburgh defense on the road on a short week it is a is a tough, um, uh, you know, kind of situation. And I thought Levis did a great job of, of figuring it out well enough to find open receivers. And if he does, if he's able to do that against Tampa Bay, I think it, it results in, in a better offense, uh, offensive performance. So 
Um, I will go with the Titans in the teaser. Atlanta and Arizona. I'm going to guess, my guess here is with Kyler Murray back. I don't really care who's playing quarterback for Atlanta, whether it's Ritter or Heineke. My guess is that Arthur Smith will run the same ridiculous offense with either one of them. So, um, Brad, would you make this? I think it's going to be Johnny Water Center. Um, I went Cardinals <laughs> plus one and a half. <laughs> I went card. Yeah, I went Cardinals plus one and a half as well. I made this a pick 'em because, uh, yeah, the Falcons lost to Josh Dobbs today. So they can lose to anybody. <laughs> um, it is, where is this game? Here it is. I'm seeing two and a half at Circa, one and a half at FanDuel, two and a half at DraftKings. So you have a one and a half and a two and a half out there. We'll call it two and a half. Yeah, I'm teasing that. Yeah, a lot of teaser spots here, huh? Yep. Um, are we sure this is Kyler? I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm like extremely confident, and the spread almost tells me uh, that it, it's kind of in a hedge. I think I think two and a half is a bit of a hedge. Yeah. Um, so I guess yeah, I'll stay off. But as soon as we get an inkling, this is Kyler. I'm jumping on it. I'm I'm with you as well. It's like the thought of Clayton them running Clayton tune out there. Clayton <laughs> named that tune. Um, I just yeah, Clayton Looney tune. Love that name. I'm I'm I would tease this if I know it's Kyler. Uh, Arjun, I'm just gonna stay away from this game. I don't want to, I don't want any part of this. <laughs> um, can you the difference in excitement for this game? with Kyler versus without Kyler is really sensational. <laughs> like, this game is maybe the worst show on turf or on real grass played indoors if uh, Clayton Toon plays. And if Kyler plays, like legitimately interested to watch this game. Uh, Detroit and the Los Angeles Clippers. In- Clippers plus one and a half. I'm going to Clippers plus three. I have Clippers plus three as well. And it is three and a half. Ooh, wait. I see one and a half at draft. One and a half charge. What do you? Oh, I'm looking at the Chargers Jets game. Oh, do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, one and a half. Is, uh, correct. Um, interesting. Uh, Brad, what are you gonna do here? This is a dumb transitive property type thought, but mm. I should actually look at more cross-conference games. But, like, the Chargers are obviously – we went through our exercise. They're, like, the, what, seventh or eighth, we said, in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Like, the Lions are, you know, probably fourth, fifth in the NFC, but those are basically the same thing. Um, I'm not going to bet it. I was going to tease the Chargers as well, but because the high scoring and the high variance, I'll stay off. But um, I think it's an interesting spot. Um, I'll just preface it by saying this line was Lions plus one, like on Friday, and it instantly became my biggest bet of the season. <laughs> so I am on the, I will be betting the Lions here as well. I got a better line like earlier. Um, but yeah, this is like such a no brainer bet. You're getting Lions off a of bye, getting Chargers off a Monday night game at MetLife, you know, th- where players get notoriously banged up, getting Ben Johnson off a of bye, you're getting, you know, Chargers on a short week. Um, We've seen, I think, this Chargers defense really struggle against great play callers like Andy Reid. 
Ben Johnson's up there as well. Uh, Lions should be getting healthier. The Chargers just put Josh Palmer on IR, and they're, they're going to be starting Simi Fajoko as wide receiver three. Um, this is going to be a Lions home game. I have no doubt about that, even though they're on the road. Lions fans have been traveling very well. Like If you look at that Bucks game, half of the stadium was, was Lions fans, and obviously Chargers don't do a very good job of filling out. So I know a lot of people will be worried about road golf. This is in a dome. SoFi's a dome and golf does very well in a dome. So um, a lot of factors I think play towards the Lions here. They're just overall the better team, better coached. And this is like one of the easiest bets of the year for me. Probably going to bite me in the ass, but. That's the house that golf built. You're saying he's comfortable. But, he built that place. Yeah. I was, my whole thesis here is if this game is played in Detroit, what's the spread? Minus four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. This game is basically being played in Detroit. Exactly. It's it's every single fan in there is going to be a Lions fan. They travel incredibly well. This is literally where Jared Goff played more most of his home games. Um, the only difference is they have to take a flight. So I moved it a point and a half because you got to take a flight and sleep in your, you know, a different bed, which is really not that big of a deal. Uh, I love the Lions here. Um, give me Detroit. Okay. Real quick, um, I want to. I won't jinx it and join you guys. I want to trust me that it's enticing. The total here, I know, like forty-eight and a half is the new sixty in the twenty twenty-three NFL. But like, the Lions' defense also against good opponents. Like, don't tether to Jimmy Garoppolo. Tether to Lamar Jackson. And like, I, I like the over here potentially. But the char- betting us. Chargers overs is just like asking for help. Yeah, they literally have one receiver too. The Palmer thing is, uh, I, I remember seeing today and forgot about it. It's bad. Yeah, it's real bad. It, they have one rough. receiver. But I think this is a, I think this is a pretty solid matchup for Detroit. All the things environment wise, but also strong offensive line. I think they'll be able to keep Goff pretty clean. If he stays clean, like receivers are going to be open. Especially, I think Amon Ra, particularly in the in the middle of that that defense, is going to mm-hmm. have a lot of success. Um, I can already see that prop bet coming. All right. The uh, largest spread we will have seen thus far, the New York football giants travel to Dallas to play the Cowboys. Brad? Yep. Uh, we are talking about it before the show. Uh, 16 and a half. I went 15. I went 17 and a half. Um, and I honestly thought that might be short. But <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I was not short of the line. I do not want to be on the uh, giant side of this. Um, where is this thing? Here it is. 16, 15 and a half, 16 and circa 15 and a half at uh, DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, Brad, what are you doing with this one? So yeah, this is matched for the biggest spread I've, I've guessed all year, which was Chiefs Bears, um, which, you know, book was off, market was off. I'm staying away here. I have no idea what's going on in New York. I'm going to stay away as well. I'm doing it. I'm taking the Cowboys, uh, the New York Giants. If this is Tommy DeVito, this game, they just do not have a shot in this game. I hate to, I hate to say it. They just have no shot. Um, they, the New York Giants got destroyed. I mean, destroyed by the Raiders. And I get it that there was all that joy about not having Josh McDaniels. Like, Aiden O'Connell tore them up. Um, uh, Yeah, I'm taking them. 15 and a half. Two two key points. 
15 and a half is like the over under on number of yards that Tommy DeVito is going to have in this game. Yeah, I mean, um, the Cowboys do blow up at opponents. So, yeah. They beat them by 40 the first time they played them. That, that um, is true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. What did Max Crosby have today? He had like eight pressures and like three sacks. Micah Parsons is going to have seven sacks in this game. All right. Washington and Seattle. Seahawks minus five and a half. I want Seahawks minus five. I have too much faith in in Sam Howell. I went Seahawks by three and a half. Um, I thought Howell played well today. Mm -hmm. He did. Outside of the... Terrible interception. Yeah, you know, red zone interception. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that was a nightmare. <laughs> um, it is six. I'm I'm taking the the commies. Yes. Yeah, it's way too many points. Sam, Sam Howell is. Uh, w- where would you rank him? Let, let's do this among quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So, like, caveat: <laughs> quarterbacks in the NFL right now suck. Where is Sam Howell? Like probably fifteen ish, twelve to fifteen range, but trending yeah. obviously upward. Yeah, he's in that Kirk ish, Kirkulian tier. I need to come up with a different quarterback for that because I don't want to because Kirk is hurt. But yeah, I think that thirteen to seventeen range. He's also not. A, he's also not to like belabor that. He's not a Kirk. Also, Howell is like a different type of like gunslinging yeah. type of dude. I, I, no, I, mean, I, I know. Even more like his range, right? Than like yeah. I mean, the, yeah. yeah, the whole Kirk thing, like. The qualifications to be a Kirk Willian quarterback, I think they, they change. Like, I think most of it comes from like the, the concept behind <laughs> it is like you can win with them on a rookie deal, but you can't, you probably can't win with them if you're paying them top tier money. Like, that's like the overall, it's not about being a pocket passer. It's not, it's not about like, it's not really about your play style. In a, in a sense, it is like it's part of it. But I think the general thing is, yeah, you can win with them if you pay them $5 million a year, but you can't win with them if you pay them $40 million. Gotcha. Gosh. I think he's in that range. Then, yeah. <laughs> then I think he is. He fits that uh, category for sure. I think he does. Yeah, I mean, he he actually, I think Kirk one is really good because he makes some throws. He he makes some incredible throws. I mean, the dude has a great arm. He he is not afraid to put it down there. And then he has those moments, like literally the, the red zone interception, the end zone interception. It was like one of those Kirk Cousins mental lapses. Like that's what it reminded me of. Not to mention that he plays for the Commanders, <laughs> so it's like absolutely perfect. Um, someone I also saw uh, comped him to Jameis Winston, and that yeah. was was interesting. I think he needs to throw. Like, I'm not sure he makes enough ridiculously stupid decisions to be Jameis Winston, but he definitely pumps the ball downfield. And um, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to keep you in games, probably lose a few of them as well, but. Um, yeah, I, I think that twelve range is is pretty solid, and I think if if that's the case, like I don't think there's a big enough difference between him and Geno Smith right now to warrant six points um, in this game. Is kind of where I'm where I'm getting at with that. I mean, who's who's the better quarterback, Geno? Geno's been okay, but I wouldn't say he's played amazing this year. Yeah, oh. I, I mean, still, I'm still saying Geno, but I, I do think it's too many points. We all we all did. We were all short of it, so. Jets and uh, Brad, are you betting this one or no? I'll leave you guys to it again, and I'll let you guys ride. 
uh, Jets and Raiders because you needed a great, great game on Sunday Night Football. So we put Jets and Raiders there, and uh, it's staying. And by the way, so is the game next week as well, um, which is Denver. Uh, Brad. Yeah, Aiden O'Connell, Zach Wilson in prime time. Uh, I went Raiders plus three. I went Raiders plus two. The Raiders getting one and a half. And it is one and a half at FanDuel, two and a half at DraftKings, two and a half at Circa. We'll call it two and a half. You guys doing anything with this? I mean, we have to see the game tomorrow night with the yeah. Chargers Jets, but like any injury could happen, so it's kind of difficult for the show. But I'm taking I'm taking the Jets. I'll stick by the the guests there. The new if, coach bump is a one game bump. Yeah, I should if, I should research that actually. If um if the Jets win tomorrow outright as three and a half point dogs, what does this line move to? Does it go to three, five? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll lay off. I'll lay off. I'm I'm disappointed. Um, I I should have revisited this line. I think I made this too early in the day. I, I really like the Jets in this spot. Pending there are no catastrophic injuries. Yeah. I I will take. They are they are playing a Jet Life. This right. Monday. So. So anything can can happen. Um, if the Jets come out of that, you know, relatively unhurt. Um, I like this spot a lot. I mean, the Raiders are celebrating like they won the Super Bowl and they just beat a team with the worst quarterback <laughs> in NFL history. Like, I just, you can't set it up better. I actually like this more if the Jets lose, I think, uh, tomorrow, but, but remain. Yeah, active. honestly, Sam. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'll lay off it for now and uh, you can bet your bottom dollar. I'll be betting this tomorrow night if, if that happens. Denver and Buffalo close it out on Monday night. Brad? Bills minus seven and a half. Probably short. And Bills minus seven. I went seven and a half as well. And let's see here. It is eight and a half at FanDuel, seven and a half at DraftKings, seven and a half at Pinnacles. We'll call it seven and a half. Anyone doing anything with this? I don't want to take the Bills. I want to talk myself into it. Hmm. Or I want to take another prime time over, and I shouldn't be like a trends guy, but I've, t- I've probably done that on four of the nine weeks, and I think it's lost every time I've taken a prime time over in the Sunday or Monday night. 45 with this Bills defense. Now I'll do it. I'll do it one more time. Over 45. Russell Wilson overs are – Yeah, are, come on, Brad. You know better. Are scary. <laughs> I mean – He's been good. Yeah. Ish. I guess I I would be worried about this matchup. I I think as it's a really good matchup for Burrow and, and the Bengals. I think it's not great matchup for um, Wilson. But Buffalo did get a little banged up defensively, so you never know. I'm staying away, Arjun. Yeah, I'm staying away as well. All right, that was our show. Um, we'll be back, of course, on Wednesday evening. Um, Judah will be joining us, uh, for that. Um, Judah today came painstakingly close to, uh, to that Houston, uh, same game parlay. A couple of people out there did hit forms of that parlay with Stroud and Tank Dell and, uh, and Houston winning. 
although they did not, they found a way not to cover that game. So, of course, we'll be back on Wednesday. Talk about all that good stuff. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Join the Discord so you can take advantage of all the stuff that we talk about uh, between podcasts and uh, enjoy the Monday night batch uh, with the Jets and the Chargers. We love you all. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.